Seamus, The Case of the Thieves and Brigands, Part 8, Don't Get Comfy, is based on the book The Great Taxi Cab Robbery by James H. Collins. As I sit in my car in front of the drabby little strip mall sipping my new favorite coffee, I wait for the coffee shop manager to arrive and run over the cases in my head. Looks like Mr. Pierce was the target in the hijacking. Hopefully he'll pull through and can answer the question of why he was the target. Poor Wings was collateral damage. Metalbo got one thing right. Wings was in the wrong place at the wrong time. The Uber driver might be in on the scheme, or maybe he was just lucky enough not to be put into a coma. Mrs. Fisher's old man isn't cheating on her. She'll be happy to know that as soon as I tell her. Another thing to take care of. Then there's Cassis. I haven't found much of anything there. Might be a wild goose chase. I don't know yet. I gotta see if the pictures in the camera I gave Wings are salvageable. The camera was busted, but it's worth a shot. I make a rookie mistake. Deep in thought, I never see the guys running up on me. The only warning is the telltale creak of my driver's side door opening. Hey, what the... I can't finish the sentence before a huge meat hook of a hand grabs the front of my shirt and jerks me out of the car, clocking my head against the doorframe at terminal velocity on the way out. Ow! That hurt. My brain rattles around inside my head for a second and my vision blurs. I can't see who or what has gotten a hold of me. Before I can recover from the crack on the skull, I'm lifted up and slammed into the car. An involuntary sound of surprise and pain rips itself from my throat, along with the sickening crunch of metal crumpling against my back. Damn it! Damn it! You son of a... (coughs) A fist lands solidly in my gut, and I double over, trying to breathe. (coughs) A solid right hook puts me on the ground and out of commission. I can feel the left side of my face already beginning to swell and taste the coppery blood now running down the back of my throat. That's what happens to wannabe pigs snooping around the wrong neighborhood. I catch you sticking your nose where it doesn't belong again, and I'll knock that nose through the back of your head. You understand me? (laughs) What can I say? I'm curious (laughs) by nature. You want to be friends? He belts me again. Damn, this guy knows how to throw a punch. I spit blood on the ground. Holding myself up with one arm, I try to look at my attacker. The glare of the afternoon sun and the swelling left eye make it impossible to see clearly. I can make out the silhouette of a mountain of a man that is obviously Artemis from the roofing company. Hey, big guy. What? You spilled my coffee. My head is still spinning, but I hear the low chuckle of the snake oil salesman and roofer extraordinaire Dover somewhere nearby. (laughs) Very funny, Mr. James. Maybe you should consider being a stand-up comedian instead of a nosy cop. I'm retired. I suggest you stay that way, Mr. James, before you get hurt. Like your friend did. Rage boils up inside me. Boy, you guys are tough. You beat up a poor old homeless man. Jump me from behind. You feel better about yourselves yet? As a matter of fact, not yet. Mess him up, buddy. A thought pops into my head right before a ham fist pile drives itself into my face. Only a flicker, a flash, a moment of clarity that is instantly lost at contact. The idea and I are plunged into darkness. 
first thing I'm aware of as I try to burrow out of the darkness is the overpowering stench of putrefaction. The delicate mingling of rancid food, various refuse, and just a pinch of something dead. It stinks to high heaven. I hope that smells not me. The next to claw its way into my awareness is the screeching pain radiating from the center of everything. The phrase, you're going to feel that in the morning, took on a horrifying connotation. I can feel it now. My left eye is sealed shut. I struggle to open the right, but all is dark. A fraction of light filters in from somewhere, but I can't quite make out where I am. I'm fairly sure I have a concussion, but otherwise still in one piece. Carefully, I twitch my fingers, toes, and work my way up and check for anything broken. Everything seems intact, at least mostly, other than my pride. That is lying in the parking lot somewhere next to my car. Stupid! How'd you let a couple of thugs get the drop on you? (laughs) Losing your touch, old man. A burst of bright light from the afternoon sun suddenly appears. A thousand needles of pain shoot through my brain. Then a fat garbage bag, wet and black, lands squarely on my gut, and the light goes out with the slam of a lid. (laughs) I'm in a dumpster. New low. With more trouble than I care to admit, I struggle to shove the trash bag off of me. I can smell the mingling of various Thai food from the restaurant as cold liquid from God knows what soaks my shirt and slides like a slug across my skin. At least I'm not the smell. Probably. Rolling over, I manage to get to my hands and knees. I feel the waist shift and sink under me. I slip a bit and new protests of agony scream from my body to just lie down and give up. The metal lid of the dumpster is heavy, cold, sticky, and damp. Hell of a combo. Better give her all you got. I don't want this thing to slam down on my head. I don't think I can bounce back from that. I shove upward with all my might and... The lid lands open. The blinding light dissipates as my one good eye adjusts. I'm in the alley behind the mini-mall. It's deserted except for me and the rats. I finally get a leg over the side and let gravity take over. I hear metal against metal clink as I begin to fall. Such a soft sound. Wonder what that is. Oh, damn. I slowed myself down, but still hit the ground harder than I'd have liked. I lay there like a roadkill, pondering if staying alive was really worth all this trouble. Get up. You gotta get up. Grabbing the crusty-sided dumpster, I pull myself to standing. A wobble, but my knees hold. I want to go home. I slide my hand into my pocket, searching for my keys. When Artie and Dover jumped me, I'd been sitting in the car, but since I was waiting for the witness from the coffee shop, I'd put the keys in my pocket. They're gone. Oh, come on. Did they take my keys? Did I drop them in the parking lot? Maybe they're in the trash? I peer over the edge of the dumpster and see the glint of my keys nestled in a pile of old, slimy noodles. They're out of reach. I look around for a piece of wood, anything that I could use to fish them out. Nothing. Nothing but a man who didn't do so well in a fistfight. Rancid food and flyers. Those damp flyers are everywhere. Once more, into the breach. I pull myself over the edge. My ribs and arms protest loudly at this outrage. 
I dangled precariously from the edge, the cold metal pressing into my wet shirt, sending a shiver down my spine, my fingertips just grazing the key ring. If I fall in again, I'm staying in. After a few moments of misery, multiple attempts to get my slippery fingers to make enough contact to pull the keys towards me, and a near miss of them falling deeper into the disgusting void, I succeed. I settle back to the ground, my knees threaten to buckle, but I hold on. The walk to the car is going to suck. No time like the present. I begin my trek of a thousand steps and inch my way to the parking lot. I hold on to the brick of the building. It's eerily quiet. Like the entire mini-mall is hiding. I can feel eyes on me. Someone's watching as I hobble toward the parking lot. The car is there and still intact. Sitting in the front seat now, I can't see anything missing or damaged other than me. (sighs) Time to go home. I collapse into the driver's seat waiting until my body has slowed its incessant nagging to a gentle screaming in the background of my brain. I finally start the car. I make my way home, gathering a few stairs of other drivers at the red lights. I catch a glimpse of myself in the rearview mirror. Yeesh! No wonder they're staring. Swollen face, left eye already turning colors, currently a sickening shade of green. Blood dried and smeared across my face. One fat lip and tie noodles and refuse clinging to my hair and shirt. Not my best look. It's going to be hard to get this smell out of the car. My phone starts ringing. Caller ID shows Mrs. Fisher. Can't say I'm in the mood for a chat at the moment. I let it go to voicemail and make a mental note to call her later. I pull into the driveway. I've never been happier to see that little bungalow with its amazing view. I decide to clean myself up before I find a way to destroy Artemis and Dover. Don't get too comfy, boys. I'll be back before you know it. Thank you for listening to Seamus. If you like this episode of Seamus, please leave a review and tell your friends. Seamus, The Case of the Thieves and Brigands, Part 8, Don't Get Comfy, is based on the book The Great Taxi Cab Robbery by James H. Collins. Hunter James was played by Sheldon Bird. Artemis Crowley was played by David Doyon. Craig Dover was played by Nick Yamateo. I'm Leslie Woodruff. This episode of Seamus was written by Raven Wisdom and directed by Gene Phillips. Seamus is a New Meadows Media production, all rights reserved.